Welcome to season five of Blackness in the Workplace, the podcast. I'm your host and founder of Blackness in the Workplace, Jessica Parm. And I am here to say that our voices as black professionals matter, our lives as black professionals matter, and our experiences, they matter. Here at Blackness in the Workplace, we are gonna do what we've always done. And that is of course to center, promote, and build and support the needs of black professionals both inside and outside the workplace. And we will continue this work unapologetically. I'm very excited for this season. We got some great content. So thank you for being with us and let's get started. Hello everybody, I am back. I'm so excited. This is your host, of course, Jessica Parm. We are on season five of Blackness in the Workplace. There's a lot to talk about. If you follow the podcast, you already know that I always do the first episode with just me on the mic and also in every season with me on the mic. So start with me, end with me, just recapping life, recapping business, just talking. Um, so I'm going to start with kind of where, where have I been? Because there is a bit of a gap in terms of season five starting. Um, truthfully, I relocated to the West Coast. I think I've already said this in my previous season. I relocated to Seattle for a lot of reasons. I did talk about that before for job opportunities, for opportunities for personal development and growth. I had to leave my home city of Milwaukee. It has been a journey. It hasn't even been a full year yet. Um, It'll be a year in June. I forget what date, but it'll be a year in June where I relocated. Um, And a lot has happened. Like like a lot has happened um, within a year. So um, relocated, got a job really just kind of took some time once season four ended to kind of settle into my new environment and just just settle in as a person I got a dog (laughs) Um, I got a corgi which is which has always been something that I've wanted she's a her name is butterscotch she will be almost a year in July she will be a year in July Um, and that was a huge learning curve getting a dog and just being with her and learning her ways um my new job is going really well it's going much better than i expected it to go um i'm always keeping my eyes out for new opportunities um when i landed here i did not know too many people so of course i had to kind of build that network up which is what i'm still doing and it's starting to pay a lot of dividends so that all those things took time so i really wasn't able to devote myself to the podcast in the way that I wanted to Um, also the world is opening back up too so I wanted to get out and socialize and kind of re rebuild my social calendar which is what I'll be doing moving forward so that is going to impact a few things when it comes to the podcast and I will discuss that later but life has happened and life is happening life is lifing as they say and so um, things had to take precedence Um, another big big milestone that I reached last year was I brought a house Um, I brought my first house um, a condo it's a three bedroom two half two and a half bathroom condo it's a long story behind how I got this place not really a long story but um, I knew I knew it was time Um, interest rates are really low were low 
And I was just like, this is probably the last opportunity that I will have buying a house. And I worked with my realtor, my um, my loan agent, whatever you want to call them. Both of them were black. I really wanted to make sure that I worked with black people when it came to this. And I was very happy with my purchase. I got way more than I thought I was going to get. I swear homegirl was like really keeping her her standards low. <laughs> um, but you know, when God got you, you there's really nothing you, you like when God has your back, you can do anything. And I, I came out of that with a very nice home. And so again, that took time to get in, move in, settle in and kind of wrap my head around being a homeowner. I also had a major house repair my water heater broke so I had to take care of that so life again life was lifing and I had to take some I had to step back I was still very active and I still will continue to be active on blackness in the workplace um social channels but in terms of podcasting producing it really had to take a back seat to um things that was going on in my personal life so now that those things have calmed down a little bit um I definitely wanted to push out a season five it will be a shorter season um, again, a lot of my time now is going towards other things. And then like, as the world's opening up, a lot of people are traveling. It's kind of hard to lock in people like it used to be. I also have been doing a lot of guest episodes on other people's podcasts and doing a lot of collaborations and those things will still continue. Um, and the podcast isn't going anywhere, but it will be coming out a little bit more limited. Um, I won't be putting out as many episodes. Um, so season five will have probably no more than eight episodes, if that. But again, content is what matters to me. I've always said it's not about quantity, but quality. And I always am very, very particular about the quality of the content that we produce on our podcast. I really want this, these episodes to be like we always say, pour into you, to educate, to uplift, to inspire, to educate, all those good things. And these episodes that I will have coming out this season does that. And um, we have two topics that we'll be talking about in season five. Um, one will be HR behind the scenes, part two, really focusing on HR and DEI, so diversity, inclusion, and equity, and really diving deep into what is HR, what isn't HR, how to interact with HR as a black professional. Um, that is so important. I can't tell you how many times I get messages. I get a lot of DMs on LinkedIn um, from people who want advice, people who are having issues at work and they are going to HR. And in some cases, HR is making things worse or they don't know how to go to HR. They don't trust HR. And I can't respond to every single email. Um, and I've said this before, like I get so many DMs now, unless you're someone that I've personally talked to or know really well, I don't respond. I just don't have the time anymore. But I do try to put out content to help people and this is what this this um series will be about hr behind the scenes part two i highly recommend those who have not heard part one to really start there because that really gives a nice foundation about hr and hr concepts which includes recruiting salary negotiation linkedin and branding and again this part two is going to go into more deeper aspects of HR. So if you haven't listened to part one, I highly re recommend that you listen to that series because it's a lot of really great content. But I really wanted to put that out there because again, 
there's so much people don't know and I'm not anti-HR I think people get that sense that I'm anti-HR I work in HR I like HR but I also know HR can be very limited I know HR can be very toxic and problematic and historically it truly has been I have been very open about my experiences with white women who work in HR who are the majority of the people who work in HR and how problematic they have been to my career And educating people is the best way I can find to combat that, you know, equipping people with the knowledge that they need. And I've always been that way from Jump Street. So I really hope that that um, that series really helps people. And then I also want to talk about D&I because there's also a misconception about diversity, inclusion and equity when it comes to companies. There are some companies that are doing it the right way when it comes to diversity and inclusion. They understand that it takes time. They understand that they need resources. They understand that diversity isn't just about numbers, but then you have other companies who don't understand that. And you know, they're all about numbers and getting people and not really keeping people. And it's like, so we're gonna have those conversations with professionals who have worked both in human resources and DEI. Um, it's important to realize that they are very two separate divisions. They need to be. Um, human resources is not DEI and DEI is not human resources. I have been on other podcasts where I've talked about this in great detail. So it's going to be really nice to hear from other professionals who have done this work. Um, I think another misconception is about myself. There are people who think that I'm a DNI expert. I have a passion for diversity, inclusion, and equity, especially when it comes to black professionals. That's my lane and I stay in that lane. However, I am not a DEI professional. And I think that's really important to understand because even at my current job, I have some people who who tend to think that that's my background. I am involved with um, our ERGs, our employee resource groups or business resource, resource groups, however you want to call it. I am actively involved in organizations outside of my job that focus on black people, but I'm not a DNI expert. There, there are people who do this full time and they know what they're doing. And um, that's not me per se. And, <laughs> and everybody who's passionate about diversity and inclusion are not DNI specialists, nor should they be. And so we will talk about that in great detail because it, it really helps break it down so that people can understand what it's all about and have a greater appreciation for it. So I'm really, really excited about um, having those conversations with people who do this for a living. So that's what that's going to be. And in the next series in season five, it's, again, it's going to be a shorter season. It's going to be just talking to black content creators on LinkedIn. I really want to highlight some of the content creators that I follow on LinkedIn and just really talk about kind of what does it mean to be a black content creator on LinkedIn? I'm a content creator and I will say content creating is a second job. I think about every morning I post on LinkedIn Monday through Friday, sometimes Sundays if I want to. But I'm very thoughtful about what it is that I put out there. And I speak in my voice. And I'm very consistent in the content that I put out there. And I don't post content for likes. I've never really, I've never been a clout chaser. I don't really care if I have a post and it gets only five likes or a thousand likes. I just care about educating people. And I, and again, I get a lot of messages 
from people who are like, Jessica, thank you so much for putting it out there. Thank you for educating me. Thank you. Thank you. Or I never thought of it this way. What have you. That's why I do what I do. Um, and it's important to talk to those content creators because it is a lot of work. You are taking a risk, especially if you're working for someone. And we have had it where people have gotten upset with content that I've put out there. And then they go to my, try to go to my job or my manager or what have you. And I've had other um, black content creators say the same thing. And people are like, well, why do you do this? Why do you, why do you go out there and do that? And I, and I say the same thing because one, because I can, you know, LinkedIn is my page. It's my brand. I own it. But again, I wish that there have been someone like me when I first came into the workforce, when I was navigating these spaces not built for me, I wish that there had been someone who would have told me, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to look out for, here's the resources that you need. And so whenever I put content out there, I truly think about that 22-year-old Jessica who had just graduated from undergraduate and was entering the grown-up workforce, if you will, for the first time and just had no clue. Um, I also think it's important, too, because the Black experience is such a unique experience, and we need to talk about the social, political, and economical things on LinkedIn. You know, once upon a time, there was this idea that you could not talk about anything other than work stuff on LinkedIn. And people were policing folks who went outside of that. And me and a number of other people, black, whatever, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, were like, no, we have to talk about what it is to be a person of color or a black person in the workplace or LGBTQ person. We need to talk about these things because I am dealing with racism at work. I am dealing with microaggressions at work. I am dealing with sexism and homophobia. And we need to talk about we need to talk about those things. We need to talk about politics. We need to talk about all of that. And the ecosystem, as I like to call it, that has been built around that on LinkedIn is beautiful because there are people like myself who are like, no, you're not going to police my voice. You're not going to tell me what to do. This is who I am. And I have also said, too, like when it comes to these jobs, I want companies to look at my LinkedIn and my website and listen to my podcast I want you to know who I am I want you to understand the uniqueness that I bring into the workplace because if this is not for you then I'm not for you I don't need to work for you um and so far it's been great you know those companies that have not wanted to work with me they weeded themselves out and I'm at a company right now where my manager you know, he looked at my LinkedIn profile. He listens to my podcast and he's somebody who he's a white man and he's someone who is trying to his credit do the work. And that's all I've ever asked from anybody who follows my content, especially what my white followers. I actually have a lot of white followers. I have more white followers than I ever thought I would get. I really <laughs> am surprised at the diversity of the people who follow my content on LinkedIn because I really didn't go out of my way to diverse. You know, my voice is always black people. That's my point of view, all of that. And I always tell my white followers that if you are going to engage with my content, you need to decenter yourself because it's not about you. You need to check your feelings. You need not to police my voice. You need to not always look to be offended, but you have to be willing to be challenged. And if you're willing, willing to do all of those things, we can hang, we can hang out. And there are a lot of white followers of my content who have done exactly that. 
who are engaging in the content, who are reading and trying to understand, and they're not coming at it with, I'm offended, or, you know, trying to center themselves, or, you know, question me, or what have you, and I can deal with that, and I have a lot of white people who have, who have done those things, and so as a black content creator, I'm very intentional about the work that I put out there, I'm very intentional about how I engage with people who, um, in turn, engage with my work, all those things. And so that series is going to be about talking to other black content creators. I'm going to try to talk to as many as I can. But again, you know, right now it's really getting people out there on the books and producing these episodes. But I really want to at least talk to a few about what is it, what goes into producing content and why is it important? And, you know, one of the things that I struggle with or I haven't really not struggle with, I guess that's not a good word, is when people steal other people's content. Like, I know I speak, my voice is so unique that I know when someone's copying me. And I haven't really had that issue, but um, there are some people who do that. And I really, that really pisses me off because it's like, I put on a lot of work in my content and I, I personalize my content. And I don't want anyone stealing from me. I don't think that has happened. Because again, my voice is super unique, but I know that does happen. And you can create content on LinkedIn without stealing from anybody. Just speak to what you know, speak to what you're comfortable with, and just be consistent with what you produce out there. And it does take, it takes time. Like me producing content and building up the following that I have, it has taken time, um, but it is worth it. And I enjoy doing that. I, I love helping people and I love educating people. So that's why I produce content. So two really great series, HR behind the scenes, you know, diving deep into HR talking about DNI concepts. And then of course, um, we're going to be talking about black content creators on LinkedIn and really talking about what goes into creating content on LinkedIn. And why is it so important? And the opportunities that have come my way just by producing content. Like I have had a lot of opportunities just by being outspoken and it's been great. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Again, season five is going to be a lot shorter. I don't know at this point when season six will launch, most likely in the fall. But uh, the episodes moving forward, the seasons will be shorter, but the impact is still the same. The quality will still be there. I'm not, I don't believe in skipping on quality. In fact, the quality might even improve because I have less to do. Um, So all of that. And I highly recommend you go out to our website. I'm actually in the process of updating everything. Um, I'm not, I've built that website myself from the ground up. You know, I've always said this, I'm bootstrapping this whole organization. But I highly recommend you go out on the website and if you really want like active, engaging content, I mean, Twitter, um, posting content on Twitter a lot, LinkedIn, I'm all about just giving access to people. I'm all about sharing resources as often as I can. Um, That's just my thing. Um, But I look forward to this season. I look forward to coming back and recapping what's going on in my life towards the end of season five. But 2021 truly was what I call my mouse, my capstone year. It was the year where a lot of things happened quick. I relocated to the West Coast. It was such a smooth move that you know that it was meant to be, you know. I, I, I never thought that I would land in Seattle. I've always wanted to just live in Chicago and then I... <laughs> moved to Seattle I never thought that that would happen in March of last year I went to Seattle to visit Seattle to see if I wanted to be here and I'm like yeah I can see myself being here and then next thing you know I'm here and then 
um I got my dog of course who I love very much and she is such a sweetie and then I brought a house I brought a house and I didn't think I was going to get a nice house. You know, actually this, the house that I brought was the first one I looked at and it was so nice. And I'm like, this is so nice. I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to get it. You know, I'm not really used to getting nice stuff. And then we saw another house that I thought was terrible. I'm like, this is a terrible house. Um, and I saw a few more and I'm just like, no. And I ended up getting my first choice. That was incredible. I actually just, I have so much space and so much room and it's just been amazing. Um, my social life <laughs> has picked back up. Um, just doing a lot of networking and talking to people. So this last year has just been phenomenal. And I got a second car, like a great capstone year. 2021 was like an amazing year for me. Um, 2022, I'm sort of slowing it down a little bit. I'm actually focusing more on the social side of things. Um, Homegirls trying to date, homegirls trying to go out and meet people, and that's kind of where my focus is. I've worked really hard in l last year, so I'm really taking it not easy, but I'm just kind of calming down a little bit. So I look forward to connecting with everybody. I thank all of the people who have been listening to my podcast from Jump Street, people who have really have take gravitated towards the content. It's just amazing how far this has gone. I never thought that I'll be in a season five of this podcast. I never even saw myself even producing the podcast, but um, here I am. So I, I want to thank everybody for um, really being out there and supporting me and um, giving me good feedback on this podcast. So until then, we will connect. I want all of you to be blessed, stay safe, continue to engage in our content, continue to reach out. I'm always open to feedback. And until then, talk to you later. Peace. Thank you for listening to another great episode here at Blackness in the Workplace, the podcast. As always, you can find us at www.blacknessintheworkplace.com. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All of our social media links are linked on our website. And you can go ahead and connect with us and engage with the content. Until next time, thank you, stay safe, and stay woke. <laughs>